2: Zurich, Men's League, Switzerland, U.S. Program, Austin Matthew. In
0: the penalty box, gets an extra shift. The coach played a hockey. The kid has his first National Hockey League goal.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Toronto Maple Leafs Tip of the Tower Podcast. I'm Crystal Cranes and joining me, as always, is David Morasuti and Jake Middleton. Guys, we got a trade to talk about in Leafland. Uh, Brian Boyle, headed north of the border here to join the Toronto Maple Leafs. Solidify the center-depth role that Mike Babcock has been talking about that he's pretty much wanted for a long, long time. So out with Ben Smith, out with Frey the Goat, in with Brian Boyle.
1: Thoughts on the trade, guys? Uh, definitely what the Leafs needed after that game against Montreal on Saturday where they couldn't – basically they couldn't win a face-off when they needed to and – this this is definitely an upgrade to the Leafs of, I think they've been wanting for the whole year, ever since they picked up Ben Smith on waivers. I mean, there's only so much the waiver wire can get you. And I think they finally did the right thing, which was trade. Not, not even, you know, they had the accumulation of all those picks, especially in the second round, and Byron Frace who's not doing, not doesn't have a much of a future in the NHL, and you're moving him to get a guy that's going to help you and potentially be an option moving down the road, which I guess we'll talk about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, I thought it was a great trade for them. Uh, obviously, Brian Boyle's a guy that they've coveted for a long time, especially this regime. I remember they were in the running for him when he signed with Tampa. I think it was a couple years back. So this is a guy they've wanted for longer than just this year. Uh, you know, watching that Montreal game and watching Ben Smith play on the third round, third line was painful. And they were talking about it on the radio today, how – whenever Ben Smith got caught in a defensive zone, Montreal would just send their best offensive line over the boards and they would, just, they would just kill them. I mean, Ben Smith's not an NHL player. He should know where he should not even be on an NHL ice surface. So that's a plus just that he's not playing anymore. And to get a player who's played the most playoff games over the past four or five years in the entire NHL is obviously it's, it's not a bad trade to get a guy with a veteran presence for a young team like us, and also to give up a second-round pick. Considering we got two for Roman Polak, I'm I'm pretty much okay with the with the price.
3: Yeah, to give a little bit of background on Brian Boyle here, uh, 100 postseason games. He's been to the postseason the last six years. He's played the most postseason games during that span. Uh, only 26 points in 100 playoff games, but I mean, his track record speaks for itself. Um, most importantly, this season, he's 53% in the faceoff circle. And like you were alluding to, Jake, with Ben Smith, how terrible he's been in his own zone, that's not the case of Brian Boyle. He's 50% in shorthanded draws, and in his own zone, he's been one of the best faceoff men in the league. So that's a little bit of a skinny on him. Um, some of the things I've seen on Twitter especially is that fans are actually bitching about the cost. Not a lot. The majority agree that this is a great trade for the Leafs, but some are saying that a second-rounder is too much. Why would you give it up for a rental? What do you guys – I mean – To me, this is, no matter what, it's a home run. It's worth it for the Leafs, but what would you say to those detractors out there that feel this was too much?
1: Did you see what uh, Martin Hansel went for? Um, Did you see what the Sens gave up for Burroughs? Like, the the prices for rentals, I thought were going to be pretty low, but they're actually a lot higher than I expected. I mean, other than the Ben Bishop trade, a lot of teams that have given up on rental guys or guys with expiring contracts have done pretty well for themselves. I mean, the fact that Vancouver actually made a trade that's going to benefit their future by getting a young player just shows how how the, how some teams could be desperate for rental guys but not make the wise choices like Ottawa did with Burroughs. And, yeah, I, I'm not – okay, the second-round pick is obviously a second-round pick. I think people look at what the Leafs have done with second-round picks and third-round picks and – they kind of want to stockpile those and get good prospects, but you also want you you pick, take up these picks to do do something like this, to be able to be in a position where you can use it to get guys like a Brian Boyle, who I think is going to round out your center depth. Like Jake and I had talked about, and we talked about so many times how the Leafs center depth is not great. There's, I mean, Frederick Goche has done a good job filling in, but I think he still has a little bit more ways to go. I mean, Babs is barely playing him 10 minutes a night, and I think Boyle will just give them what they need, and he'll also provide the team with some good experience, and obviously with his playoff experience, it's great, and he puts up great possession numbers. He fits what the Leafs are doing. Obviously, he's a big guy, so his skating doesn't have the foot speed like uh, some of the other players, but... His size, the way he owns the puck, uh, if you just watch the highlights, I mean, he's not easy to knock the puck off of, and he'll hopefully give uh, Nikita Sashnikov a little bit of uh, a boost on the fourth line there, too. Also, a fun
0: fact about uh, Brian Boyle, he actually wa- got skating lessons from Barb Underhill, which,
1: yep. gr-
3: uh,
0: greatly, which he said greatly improved his skating stride, so that's yeah. another Leafs little tidbit.
1: Yeah, I yeah, think, that was someone I was gonna just mention, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, Paul Hendrick uh, put, tweeted that out, I believe, and she she's done a great job with some of the with some of the guys on the team that have had really bad skating, and they've now gone to about average.
0: Okay, yeah, so, I, and I also think he's a really good mentor for a guy like Freddie Gauthier, mm-hmm. who you actually, for me, that's his projectable. That, that's the ceiling for him is you're going to be a Brian Boyle because he's huge too. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't have great foot speed, not really good offensively, but he's an elite defensive player and he can play. Brian Boyle, believe it or not, can play up or down your lineup. I mean, he he's capable of playing with skilled guys. He's capable of matching up with skilled guys. I mean, I remember uh, Rangers against Pittsburgh where he just had a really big faceoff against Sidney Crosby won it, and then I'm pretty sure it was game seven, and they scored a goal off, on that shift. So. Yep, they did I, it,
3: actually. I remember. I know exactly what player you're talking about. Yeah. But it's just one of those annoying guys to play against, too. I mean, he that, might not do a lot of things on the box. Line,
0: that fourth line is going to be a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. Soshnikov, Martin, and I'm presuming Brian Boyle is going to be the fourth line center. Yeah, That is huge, and they're, they're all going to finish their checks. They're going to be pain in the asses. And they could they can mat it's not a matchup line obviously but they can definitely in a pinch you know be in for defensive faceoffs and they can aggravate some really big time players so uh, I I think it's a really good deal when you look at it and looking at the cost that some of these other guys got Alex Burrows got Jonathan Dahlin, who's scoring at a point per game pace in the Swedish second league uh, <sighs> Martin Hansel got three picks. I mean, it's it's pretty insane w- what it is, but, um, you know, just just the fact that they didn't give up what other people thought they were going to get. They thought that Brian Boyle was going to go for a first-round pick, and they got him for what is probably going to be a pick in the late 40s. So, I mean, Even also, in the 50s. Oh, well, it depends on—they're probably going to be in, like, the 18s, so 18 mm-hmm. plus 31, yeah, late 40s, something like that.
3: It'll be the highest second-round pick they have. I think another thing, too, to what you are saying about this line being difficult to play against, it's kind of shaping up to be like that Casey Zizekas, Kyle Clutterbuck, Matt Martin line that we saw with the Islanders where they were just annoying to play against, and they would go out there against top lines and really shut him down. Another thing, too, is that he's really referred to as a great teammate. Um, Everybody speaks so highly of Brian Boyle. They say he's a mentor. Everywhere he goes, he doesn't have a lasting impact that is only on the ice. It's throughout the dressing room, and it's things that players remember for the rest of their careers. So... I think that's something that's going to pay dividends with this young team further on down the road. Do you guys think he could resign here after the season? He's a UFA to be, so do you think maybe with a good run he might come back? I think so. I mean,
0: as I said before, he was in a conversation to sign with us before he signed with Tampa. I mean, it didn't make sense for him because we weren't a good team at that time. And, you know, he in his uh, interview – uh, for his conference call, he was just talking about how awesome the young players are and how awesome it is to play in Toronto. So you never know, but if they do and they can get him for you know something like three years, you know two and a half to three million dollars, you know that's nothing. That's that's a really good signing, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I th- I think he sees Toronto if he well when he gets here. I think he'll see Toronto as a similar situation as to what the uh, Lightning were. You know, a young team with a lot of skill, and just he just has a role to fill. And I and I agree if he if the Leafs can offer him a contract like three years at two and a half, I think that would be my cap. Just based on, but what well, you got to pay other guys eventually. I think it could entice him, but again, the the UFA market he's going to obviously test, it and a team could could offer him more than that. And it's up to him if he prefers to go towards a contending team I mean this guy has played in so many playoff games I'm sure he just wants a chance to win a cup and maybe the Leafs will give him that opportunity in the next two to three years to do that I don't know how many contenders are going to want a guy like him when they have other needs or he it's going to be a bit of a tougher road for him possibly and I think if he enjoys the situation here in Toronto makes sense for him to try to win a cup here
3: I think, too, depending on the cost, the Leafs will definitely match whatever it is within reason, obviously. But this is literally, if Mike Babcock was to carve out a fourth-line center that he would love to deploy every night, it's he's, Brian Boyle. It's he's literally six 6'6 all
0: the time. He's 6'6 six, six all the time, Chris. There you go. <laughs> say
3: no more. <laughs> that's literally the biggest Babcock line, and he's just going to say it all the time. He's literally 6'6 six, six all the time, and that's Babcock's perfect guy. Mm. Moving on to what else the Leafs need. I think we can unanimously agree that a defenseman would be ideal, obviously, but what we've seen so far the market it's going to be a ridiculous asking price so i think we can maybe scratch off a guy like kevin shattenkirk what would you guys think on that
0: yeah i mean from what i've seen it it's uh it's going to be a battle between pittsburgh and washington from what brian lawton from nhl network was saying i mean i just i just it doesn't make sense for us right now Mm -hmm. he does make sense as a free agent but not right now okay so what
3: else do the leafs need dave
1: Oh, they need I I think they do need one more defenseman. Um, I think they can get by without going for a top 4 guy like a Shadenkirk. I mean, just cuz the cost will be too much and the type of rental the Leafs need, like I I we've talked about this and I've talked about Brendan Smith being a guy that they've they've shown interest in that people have talked about them showing interest in. Again, he's also a free agent and Chris, I think you were mentioning that Detroit may want to sign him, but the draft will also indicate what a lot of teams do, and I think Brendan Smith could could fit well in the Leaf system. He's not playing a lot in Detroit, and Mike Babcock's familiar with him, and he'd be a way better upgrade over Roman Polak. So I think if they're going to do anything, it's going to get a guy like Brendan Smith, a rental that could cost you. I mean, the, the Leafs will have to maybe trade a, pro, a lower-tier prospect or a, another player just so that they get the contracts because they're at 49 right now so that's what I see them doing I don't see them making a big splash I, I think that will happen in the off season. they're going to get a good understanding hopefully if they make the playoffs what they need and go through that route instead of trying to pay I mean we're only a couple no a couple of days away from the trade deadline and this is when teams are pressured to make deals and overpay so I think the Leafs Wanted to get that centerman now, and then the defenseman is something they can look at. If they don't, they don't get it.
3: Yeah, I think when you look at the rental market, it's going to be tough for them to address the need on defense. Brendan mm-hmm. Smith is somebody that, like you were just saying, Elliot Friedman mentioned on Saturday night that the Detroit Red Wings would like to re sign him. That doesn't mean they're going to, but they obviously would like to, and they're going to try and work out a deal, he was saying. um But if talks go south, I mean, they might deal him now instead of waiting till the draft where they might get less value for him, especially since he's going to be a UFA. So he's an option. Other names I wrote down for potential rental players, um, again, the market is pretty shit, to be blunt. Yeah. Names like Patrick Sharp, Shane Doan, Verbata, Brendan Smith, Steve Ott, Johnny Oduya, and then obviously Kevin Shattenkirk, but we've already talked about him. Um, anybody else you guys see that appeal? Looking at this list here, I mean, it's a lot of Fords, a lot of rental wingers.
1: Yeah, and the Leafs, we've talked about this, the Leafs just have so many wingers that there's no really a point in trying to get another winger. I mean, I think right now the only thing that the Leafs can do is maybe look at, see what Josh Lievel's trade value is like, because he's going to be sitting on the bench unless him and Sashnikov rotate. And then if you look at guys that are going to be free agents, there's just not much out there. I don't see the Leafs going... I mean, it'd be nice if they added a veteran guy. I just don't see where they're going to put that guy um, going forward. And We talked about the defensive market. Johnny is, if we're going to look at that list, he may be the only, I guess, veteran guy that can bring you something. I mean, he has that experience with Chicago. If you're looking for a guy with playoff experience, which is what they got in Boyle. I mean, a guy like Cody Franzen from Buffalo. I mean... No, he. The issue is again. <laughs> they,
3: we've been there. Come on,
1: we've yeah. been there. I
3: don't know if any of these guys make you a lot better. That's they, the thing, right?
0: Well, Plus, that's, makes that's you worse. He can't skate. We don't need more guys that can't skate.
1: That my point exactly. So, you want a guy that fits the mold of your team. Uh, Boyle did. I don't know who else does. And the defensive market is not great. Like it's you you look at guys that are gonna be free agents this summer I mean this could be a very very slow free agency um the the expansion draft is gonna change all that guys are gonna the teams are just gonna be making trades through that way and Vegas will have a lot to say in that matter so i i don't i don't see the only guy that makes sense and I said it was brendan smith and that and that's the only guy i would i would be targeting Anybody else that you see
3: out there, Jake? Anybody Honestly, no. Yeah, no? no? Well, what about this idea then? Obviously, they have some dead money in Brooks-like, Malen McCall, like Colin Greening. What if they try to ship one of these guys off to Arizona who has ample cap space for, let's say, a verbata? I know he's soft. He's not necessarily like a Babcock player, but he's a guy that can score goals. He's proven to put up points in this league. Is that a possibility even? I know it's a stretch, but possibility? No.
1: I. The only reason I don't is just... Again, you're... Robada
3: is not
0: the type of guy that
1: yeah. Mike Babcock would want.
3: I know. I just look at this market. And I'm like, okay, hey, Patrick Sharp. Like, The Stars don't want dead money. They want assets. They want picks. They want young players. I don't know if you want to give that up for a guy like Patrick Sharp. And then you look at Arizona. They could take on some dead money, but they probably want some picks too. And I don't know. Like, I don't know what they really have to offer.
1: They're, and they're, But the other thing is their cap situation because of... What they got with uh, Pavel Dasty's contract being there, they have, I think, Pronger's con- contract, Dave Bolin. Holy smokes, that team with all their – They these. got dead money go They on. have so much dead money. And it's just – I I think Arizona, I, looking at what they have, I mean, Shane Doan is – I mean, his name is obviously out there. Verbata's name is out there. Uh, I don't know if a guy like uh, like Luke Shen, if his, if his name, I mean, he still has one more year left on his deal. There's just not much out there, and especially with Arizona, they only have so much they can they can move out for assets. I think Done is their best one, right? Um, Don and Verbat are their best, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I much,
0: think bro. I think has gone. Don, yeah. Oh, yeah, after what after what he, he said. He, I've never heard a guy just sound so disheveled.
3: <laughs> he sounds defeated. Like he's yeah, been in Arizona for so long and he's like, ah, oh, the weather's nice, but I can't take this losing anymore. And losing takes a toll on you. Oh, Anybody yeah. who's done it before, I can tell you that. Um, looking at this, though, I mean, the problem that I find is that the teams that have that match up well with the Leafs as trade partners, they're in a position where they won't want to trade because they're, they're borderline contenders, especially with the West being so wide open. Like you look at Minnesota, potentially L.A., Nashville and even Anaheim, if you want to look at just Western teams only, all those teams have a chance to compete this year. So I think that kind of leads us to the, the whole notion of passing on the trade deadline this year for a defenseman and waiting till the offseason. Would that be fair to say, guys? Yeah, I think they're done.
1: Yeah, I, I again, if uh, the rental market is too high, there's just no point in getting it for a defenseman. defensemen are always going to go for the most. Just wait until the Wait till Anaheim has to make a decision. Wait till Minnesota has to make a decision. I think uh, – uh, I can't remember what other – L.A. is going to have to make a decision. Those three teams, you go after the three of them for a defenseman and you just – you make them sweat it out. Don't make them uh, chase you now. Okay, well, one team that can make moves right now is the Detroit Red Wings.
3: Does the name like Mike Green appeal to you guys at all? He's got one year left on his contract after this year. I know he could be a potential fit as a right-shot defenseman, getting older, power play guy. We've talked about him before, but is he a fit, guys?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't mind Mike Green. I just, uh, I mean, $6 million is his cap hit. I mean, the Leafs can obviously afford the cap hit. It's just what's the price going to be to acquire a guy like him? What does Detroit want? If Detroit's even shipping him off. Um, but yeah, he would be an ideal guy if the if the cost is low and if the lease maybe say we won't retain salary and we'll we'll pay a little less to get him, that could work out in their favor. But any team that's expecting uh, a team like Detroit to take on salary is going to have to pay more, and I think the lease will have to if they look at a guy like Green, will have to just say we'll we'll eat the con- we'll take the whole salary and we'll give them less. And I don't even know where the price would start for a guy like him.
0: The Here's thing the that question. I don't the thing I don't like about Green is that he's got another year and it's at 6 million dollars. I'd much rather wait and take a shot at getting a Kevin Shattenkirk who would probably get that for a year cuz he's I don't know. I haven't I don't really watch I haven't really watched the Red Wings. I don't know how well Mike Green's doing, but he's kind of he's
3: got to be like 33 or something like that. He's okay this year. He's very pedestrian. But mind you, the whole Red Wings team is, so I don't know how much that's really saying. You're more or less buying on the hope that he can invigorate life into what's already the best power play in the NHL. Um, That doesn't even really make sense. But I just They
0: only play with one D anyway, so it doesn't matter. Really yeah, play.
3: that's the
1: thing. I don't even know if he's a true, true fit aside from the fact that he's a right-handed shot. Well, he's 31, and he has 26 points, 10 goals this season, so... Well, he's 31 in age, but I
3: think his body might be 35, 36. Yeah. When you consider how many injuries the guy's had.
1: I mean, this is not the Mike Green that would score, you know, 30.
3: 25, yeah.
1: 25 and put up 70 points. He, I mean, yeah, those, as you said, those injuries did take a toll on him. He was such a great defenseman in uh, in Washington. And, yeah, injury. I think that, that does become a problem with the injuries, too. I mean, the Leafs have their fair share of uh, guys who are uh, – are sipping a nice sippy cup on the islands while they uh, nurse some injuries too. So I don't think the Leafs need another guy that have those injury problems.
3: What do you guys think JVR could get if they were to move them? This is a topic we've talked about at length before, but looking at what a guy like Martin Hansel got, a first, a second and a conditional pick that could turn into a first. That. Um, well, you think, I think JVR could even get more than that. Oh, More. It, it would, uh, uh, that's a you, lot a yeah, one and two twos is a lot <laughs> that's what I was wondering too is it just because he's a center or yeah do you think JVR, I think that's why man it, it, you gotta be looking at your chops if you're the Leafs when you see that and you go okay well what could JVR get or what could Bozak get even you know, these are two guys that are set to expire their deals are set to expire after next season um, by looks of it it could be a handsome return is that something you guys explore or no
0: obviously I I would, but I just don't see them dealing any of the guys this year. After making a move to get a guy like Brian Boyle, it kind of seems like they're rewarding the team for putting out the effort and playing so well. And, yeah, it would be kind of a p- pretty shitty thing to do to trade away one of their uh, best players on this, on their second line that has shown so much, uh, so much promise.
1: Yeah, and... <sighs> Yeah, JVR would be a tough one, and he he played really well in that play, that one series with Games Boston. He's a really good playoff performer, and uh, if if Marta comes back healthy, got you no know, knock on with the his injury problems will be good. And then Bozak, if he can just, we're not even asking Bozak to up his game. We're just telling Bozak to be dependable or just cons- consistent on that line. I think that line could be huge in a playoff run, uh, and this Atlantic Division is is wide open. I mean, we saw that with Ottawa now up there, and Montreal is in the mix, and Florida's kind of starting to come back a bit. I, I think they they want to see where it goes with Javier. They're not even in a rush to move them right now. They, really, the decision will come in the off season, and whether they want to do something with them. So might as well just keep them. I know uh, Chris Johnson from Sports. And I was just reading that Lou is Lou didn't talk to reporters after the Brian, the Brian Boyle deal, meaning that something could still be in the works. So I think they're more intent on keeping guys around and trying to move other contracts to make room. So I don't see the point of moving. I would maybe would have said that before if the Leafs were having struggles, and maybe it's just not a time to make a big push. But they're they're pushing the, the management to make the decision to add, not subtract.
3: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I just it's just something to kick around just because you never know what you could get for them clearly based on what Martin Hansel oh. got. And we've seen the asking price be pretty ridiculous by itself. Oh, yeah. Of it. Before we get out of here, guys, um, I know we all, by the sounds of it, think at least Leafs are going to be pretty quiet at the trade deadline. This might be their only move that we see between now and Wednesday. What's one deal you guys think would happen in NHL that could be big? Is it Matt Duchesne game trade? Is there, or is there a big deal period you guys see happening on Wednesday before 3 o'clock? I,
0: I think Shattenkirk and Duchesne are both going to get moved. Where to where? I, I really think that Montreal is going to is gonna deal uh, for Matt Duchesne. They just have to do something. There, there's, they have probably one or two years left, and – they have to just support the coach that they just signed. I mean, they just paid him what, $5 million a year? And, you know, yeah, they got lucky. They got lucky in beating the Leafs because they took advantage of some terrible center play by Ben Smith, but they don't <laughs> look good, and they're losing again to New Jersey.
1: Yeah. Um, I think Shaddenkirk is the piece that gets moved. You shane because it's just such a complicated situation in Colorado and what they want, I mean, what they're Reporting that they want, especially I mean I don't know how much you can tell what, from Ottawa what the uh, what the asking price is, but uh, I think Duchesne, he, he's going to be a guy that a team will maybe try to try to get a deal together last minute. I mean I don't know how if you can get a deal together last minute, but I say Shattenkirk to I I want to say New York because I mean New York it just seems like the type of move they'll make. If they have the pieces to get it done, and I, because I, I, we've seen so many of the guys get traded already, I don't even know who who would still be an option. I did read some potential players, and most of them have been traded already. So it, it, it's it's going to be an interesting one, I, but it could be one where you're waiting for a deal to happen, and teams are just not are just not ready to make a move.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I think Shattenkirk and Duchesne will be the two big pieces that get moved. Um, I, I don't think Shattenkirk is going to go to New York or Boston like he desires. I think the reason for that is just because they know that they can wait until July 1. They have the best chance of signing him, So why spend assets to do it when we've seen the Rangers hemorrhage first-round picks to get players? They don't have a lot left. I don't think they've had one since 2012. So why spend another one for a player that you might not re-sign? So I think they'll just wait. And I'm with Jake. I do think Duchesne's going to get moved. I think the Islanders, they, the Islanders are Canadians. They could both make a pretty package around either Barzil if you're the Islanders or uh, Sergachev if you're the Canadians.
0: They or Noah Juleson.
3: Yeah, Juleson too. Like they they got pieces in place to make a deal and they both got windows they got to maximize. And more importantly, Montreal's got a proof to prove to Carey Price that they're serious about being contenders because he's due up for a new deal in after next season. And the Islanders got the same thing with John Tavares. So they got to prove something to these guys. Um. It'll be interesting to watch, guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, and another guy I'll put out there too is Thomas Vanek from Detroit. If Detroit doesn't uh, doesn't intend on signing him, he's another guy that people are are talking about that could be on the move. So just add another name to the pot there, and he can be a guy that goes to a team looking for another winger like L.A. L.A. definitely needs some offense after they got Bishop.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of talk right now as we're going to close at the pod that uh Shatton Kirk's going to Washington. It's not confirmed yet, but there's a lot of talk going on about it. Chris Johnson just <laughs> tweeted out a couple other guys. It's I don't know, man. It might be might be a done deal. If it is, that's that's huge for the Capitals. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's so, Yeah, that,
0: that's what I said. I said I thought he was going to go to Pittsburgh or Washington. Wow. I mean, it just it makes sense. They're they have to beat Pittsburgh. And you know they're
3: playing Pittsburgh. Yep. I think this might be one of their last chances, too. Yeah, this is the best team they've had, I think, in Washington. So adding Shattenkirk only makes them that much better. Yeah. yeah all does. right, guys. On that note, we'll close this out. Um, we'll do it all again after Wednesday's trade deadline. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Tower a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can follow Dave on Twitter at D underscore Morasuti. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Milton12. Enjoy the trades, guys, and uh, it might sound like we got a big one right now, so take care. Oh,
2: It's smarter.